0: Welcome to the Somos Church podcast. We are so glad you're listening. This is Sergio.
1: And Beatrice, and we're the pastors here at Somos Church. We hope you feel encouraged, challenged, and inspired today. We love you. Enjoy the message. It's so good to be with you guys today. Um, I still remember the day I got a call from Sophia's school and, uh, the teacher was like, um, Miss Torres, you know, I want to let you know that Sophia purchased a whole lot of candy for this little girl. And I was like, great. Like, that's my girl. She's like, yeah, but the only problem is that this girl is allergic to sugar. Um, I was like, oh, okay. So I talked to Sophia. She's like, mom, she never gets candy. So I just had to get her candy. Um, and I was like, hey, girl, awesome. God sees your heart. But, yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, give a little bit more detail into that story Uh, but we are so pumped to bring in April with you all thank you so much for joining us today Uh, if you are new here we want to welcome you to Somos Uh, we are a family so every time there's a new person that comes into our doors we love it because the family gets bigger and bigger I'm excited for the message that God put on my heart to share with you guys today. And I want to encourage you to lean in to receive what God wants to speak to you. Amen. Today, I'm actually going to share a very special moment with you guys uh, that marked my entire life. I'm going to share with you guys a little bit of our engagement video, um, and I just want to kind of set it up to let you guys know that I had no clue that I was about to be engaged. And you will kind of see the the video. Uh, Sergio had told me that we were going to record a video for church that it was going to be a Valentine's promo, and that I needed to act the part because we had just done one and it was horrible. So he's like, "This is it." I I need you to really play the part okay so all throughout this video he was giving me hints uh, that he was going to propose but because I was so in uh, acting the part I completely miss them all right so I'm going to show it to you I promise that it really um, has something to do with today's message um, it's not just oh here's my engagement video Jesus loves you all right uh, but let's watch it my So today, uh, this year actually will be 10 years since then, and yes, we're excited. Um, As I was watching this video, we were watching it last night, and I'm like, you were really corny and in love and all the things, but, um, you know, I started thinking how this video and throughout it, he was constantly giving me hints, like, it was April when we got engaged and he had told me that this was a video for Valentines, right? But in the moment I was like, yeah, I'll go with I'll go with it, you know. And then another huge hint that he had given me Um, was he had told me, hey, make sure you get your nails done, make sure you look nice, and he would have never told me that, but I was like, yeah, for sure, it's the video, I'm going to play the part, you know, throughout the whole thing, he was acting extremely weird and awkward, and I was like, why are you so weird, you know, Um, and then I was so in my role that as we started walking into the park, like, it it didn't even hit me, like, I was looking at the decor, and I was like, wow, this video is getting very elaborate right now, you know, (laughs) like okay. And, and literally it wasn't a, like he, he got on the knee and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, oh. And then he pulled the, the ring box out. And it was until that moment I was like, oh my gosh, like this is happening right now. And as he was asking me, I was still like, wait, th- this has happened. This is happening right now. Um, he says that I didn't say yes, but we're still here today. So there we go. But there were all these hints to prepare me for this question but I did not notice them and it wasn't days after looking at the video I was like oh that's why he was acting weird oh that's why he told me this or that and I started to think isn't like that with God he gives us hints Red flags, he tries to prepare us for what's coming, but so often we miss the hints. And I want to encourage you today that God is giving you some hints in your life in order to prepare you for the great things that he has in store for you. There are good things coming into your life. You may be in a season where it doesn't feel that way, but I believe that every season now, the season we are in today is preparing us for what is to come. You know, maybe in your job, you are leading two people right now. And God wants to make sure that if you are faithful with two people, you are going to be faithful with with five, with ten, with fifty. Maybe in this season of your life, you've been entrusted with some leadership at your job, at church, in an area of your life. And that position right now is exactly what God will use to prepare you for what's next. Maybe you're single in this season. All my single peeps say, hey, yeah, and then look around. If you're single, this season is to prepare you for when you do get married, for when you do start dating. Because if you can't do the dishes for yourself now, what do you think will happen when you add people? Yeah, Exactly. This job right now is preparing you for the better job that God has. It's so often the little things that God will use to prepare you for the next big thing he has in your life. All throughout our lives, we have these hints that God is trying to make so obvious for us to get them. And so often we bypass them. And in the Bible, we see time and time again how Jesus was preparing his disciples for his death. Yet so often they had no clue what he was talking about. They seemed confused. They didn't understand the hints that he was telling them. And so you can see as you read the scriptures, they didn't even ask detail. They would ask here and there, but then they would get distracted and go back to what they were doing. And I believe that Jesus wanted to prepare his disciples for what was coming. Jesus knew that he was going to die and that he was going to resurrect, but He knew also the void that his disciples would feel. He knew that they would feel discouraged and lonely, that they would be confused, that they would miss Jesus because they had done life side by side for three and a half years. And all of a sudden, Jesus was about to leave. So in Jesus' mind, I believe he was like, how can I get them to understand that I'm leaving, but it is for a greater purpose. Jesus always started where people were, not where he wanted them to be. In our whole lives, when we surrender to Jesus, he is preparing us for what we will face. Jesus loves you enough to start where you are, but he loves you way too much to keep you and to let you stay there. He has big things in store for us. He has greater things in store for us. But in order for us to receive that, he has to prepare us. Come on, say with us. Say with me, preparation. Today, I want to talk about three hints that Jesus might be giving you that signal that he is preparing you for great things the first one a willingness to do what god says have you felt that before like all of a sudden you are finding yourself at church right when you never thought that you would be here if someone could have told you five years ago ten years ago you one day are gonna have a desire to be at church you would have maybe looked at them in the face and been like, nah, you are crazy. All of a sudden, you have this nudge to serve God, to get involved, to be here, and you know that you know that that for sure is not you, that there has to be something else that's calling you to take some steps. All throughout our lives, God is preparing us for great things but it all starts with the willingness for us to do what he says. He has our lives planned out. He knows our gifts, our talents, our abilities, because he created us. And he knows that in order for us to step into the great things that he has for us, he first has to check our heart and make sure that our heart is in the right place. And if our heart is in the right place with him, then we will be able to succeed in all the things that he has for us. We see this play out in Jesus as he calls his disciples to follow him. In Mark 1, verse 16 through 17, it says, Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen, And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. Before these disciples ever did anything for Jesus, before ministry began, before the miracles, the signs, the healings, before any of that, Jesus first called them to follow him. Because Jesus wanted to make sure that their heart was in the right place before he started to show them the power that could be at work in their lives. Jesus wants our heart, our willingness to obey him. He wants to get us in the right place, in the right motives, before we begin to see his power at work in our lives. But so often, we want the miracles first. We want the healing. We want God to promote us. We want success. And God's like, wait, if I give you that right now, it'll break you. First, I have to align your heart. I have to get your motives right so that when your motives are right, then I can release everything that I need to release in your life. And you will know that it was I that brought that success into your life. You know, what I love about this story and the the fishermen that Jesus called was that they had no theological background. They had no context of Bible in their lives. There were no theologians. Instead, they were successful business owners. Previously, when I hear about, you know, Jesus called his disciples and they were fishermen, I always imagine them like just like some random people like out in the street, you know. And um, Jesus is like, hey, come on over. But actually, they were so successful. The reason why they were successful is because at that time there was high demand for fish, and especially fish from the Sea of Galilee. So these fishermen would fish from this specific sea, and they made really good money. They were rich. And when Jesus called them, they left everything in order to follow him. It wasn't easy because they were leaving their legacy behind. They were leaving what they knew behind their business. They were leaving it all to follow Jesus. If God is calling you today, if he is inconveniencing you or suddenly you have this desire that's coming out of nowhere to be here to serve God, to know more about God, to engage in a relationship with God, can I encourage you to take the steps that you never thought you would take? Take the steps even though you don't want to take them because as you take them, he is preparing you for the great things that he has in store for not just your life, but for your future generations. But how often do we miss out on great things because we're not willing to get our heart right, our motives right? Don't miss out on what God has for you. And first and foremost, he wants our heart. And he doesn't just want our heart because he wants to get something out of us. He wants our heart because he wants to give us greater things. He knows exactly what we can handle. So let him take control. Give him your heart. You know, so often I really believe that God is always testing our faithfulness. He will put you in a position where your faithfulness will be tested. Will you be faithful even when it's inconvenient? Will you be faithful even when it's hard? Will you be faithful even if you don't believe you can do it? Will you be faithful? And as you say, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. God, I don't understand why you're asking me to do it, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to align myself to you. And the moment that you do that, you actually allow God to continue to prepare you for the great things that he has in store For your life. So often we want God to work from the outside in, but the way that God works every single time is from the inside out. If He can have our heart, then the rest will come at its time. It'll be seamless, it'll be easy because He knows that we can handle what He wants to bring to our lives. The second hint that Jesus is preparing you for great things, is change. All my people that love change in the house say, woo. All my people that are terrified of change say, woo-woo. Yeah. (laughs) Some of us love change while others of us run from change. We're terrified, right? The change that you are experiencing in your life right now, whether you brought it upon yourself or maybe it was uh, something that just happened in your life, may just be what God is using to prepare you for greater things. There are some things in our lives that need to change. And if we continue to ignore those things, then it's going to be so hard for us to step into what God has for us. And so often we're waiting, God, come change me. And God's waiting on us to say, man, I surrender. Come and have your way. What do I need to change? What do I need to give up? You will need to make intentional changes in your life in order to grow. I love this quote by a pastor that I admire so much. His name is Rick Warren, and he says, There is no growth without change. There's no change without loss. And there's no loss without pain. If you are going to grow, you will have to change. And change means you let go of some of the old things in order to grab hold of some of the new things. Jesus was changing things up in the lives of his disciples in order to prepare them for what they were about to experience. You know, the night before Jesus was going to be crucified, he wanted to have a last meal with his disciples. And it's what we know as the Last Supper. It was completely different than any other meal they had had. Jesus was about to change things up. And the disciples were just excited to have a meal. Little did they know what was about to happen. So in Luke 22, 7, we see that uh, Jesus asked the disciples to prepare for that meal. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. And they asked, where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked where because Jesus had changed the location. They had done life for three and a half years. I'm pretty sure they ate the same food. I'm pretty sure they knew the spot they were going to eat. I'm pretty sure they knew each other really well. But you see in this passage, Jesus changed the location because even in that detail, he wanted to get them ready. It was different. And then they actually sit down. And they have this meal, Luke twenty two fifteen, 15. Jesus said, I have been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup, is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as sacrifice for you. But here at this table, sitting among us as a friend, is the man who will betray me, for it has been determined that the Son of Man must die, but what sorrow awaits, the one who betrays him. And I just wanted to read all of this because here is Jesus leaving instructions for his disciples. He is preparing them again. Hey, I'm going to die. When I die, this is what you will do. He's letting them know what is about to come. He was changing it up on them because he wanted to prepare them for what was about to happen. And then he goes on in this same meal, and he says in Luke 22, 26, and 27, The greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table, but I among you as one who serves? He was changing it up. The one who is the leader is the one that needs to serve. And here he was giving us perspective about what it is to serve him. He was giving his disciples perspective for them to know that when he wasn't there anymore, they would take the place of servants. They would love people. They would heal people. They would show up for people. He changed it around because he wanted to prepare them and us that change would be coming and then we see again John 13 and all of this is happening in the same night John 13 4 he got up from the meal took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples feet drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless... I wash you, you have no part with me. Change again. Here's Peter saying, I should be the one serving you, not you serving me. Jesus was preparing the disciples for what was to come. Things in your life might be changing today. And even in the change that you are experiencing right now, you can choose to grow. This change might be a hard one. It might be a good one. But can I encourage you that God will use it for good, no matter how you feel about the change that is happening in your life. This change is preparing you for the new things, for the good things, for the greater things that God has in store for you. Every new level of growth calls a new level of change. You cannot have one without the other. If you want to be a better parent, a better spouse, a better student, a better employee— You need to embrace the change. And so often we are fighting change. We are scared of change. We don't want change, but yet God is saying, the change that is happening in your life is what I am using to prepare you for the big things, for the greater things, for the good things that I have in store for you. It's time that we embrace the change. And as you can see the disciples they would hear from Jesus and they were just not processing what what was happening. They were just like what is he talking about? But you and I know that that change brought about resurrection. And I don't know what God is changing in your life today. Or maybe things are changing so quickly, and you feel like you are losing control, can I encourage you that as you surrender that, that there might be something that's dying in your life right now, but God is about to resurrect it. God is about to bring something so much better, and when you're in it, it's hard to have this perspective, but as you embrace the change and And the thing about embracing the change is that you don't have to do it on your own. God wants to come right beside you and help you in that change and guide you in that change and give you the peace that you need. And it is up to us if we will embrace the help that Jesus wants to give to us in a season of change. The third hint that Jesus is preparing us for great things and you're not going to believe it. But the third one is adversity. Adversity is hard. No one likes difficult and challenging seasons of life. Some things happen, and they're out of our control. Some of the things that happen in our lives are consequences of our mistakes. But no matter how or why it comes, We know that adversity is hard. But can I ask you this question today? Have you ever considered that the adversity that you are facing today might be just what Jesus will use in your life to bring you closer to him? You know, today we're celebrating Palm Sunday. And it's a day where we remember and celebrate Jesus. Jesus entered Jerusalem as Savior and King. And there was people that were blessing him and worshiping him. And they were getting the palm branches across the road, making way for the Savior. They were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Palm Sunday marked the beginning of what Jesus knew would be some of the hardest days of his life. Jesus knew that he was about to be crucified. He went in riding on that donkey. People were worshiping him. But he also looked around the crowd and he knew that the same people who were worshiping him and blessing him would also be the same people who would be shouting, crucify him the next day. And I know that a lot of the adversity that we face today is because the people that we thought would be in our lives are no longer in our lives. We have all experienced pain and rejection and the people that said that they would never leave us or abandon us are now the ones that have turned their backs on us. He knew that the same people that were for him would be the people that would later reject him. Have you ever experienced pain? Have you ever experienced betrayal or rejection in your life? Can I encourage you? So did Jesus. He knows how that feels so well. And I believe that so often rejection is God's protection. Can I encourage you that God will even use the rejection you have felt in your life. God will use the affliction you have felt in your life to prepare you for good things, for better things, for better opportunities, for better friendships, for a better life. In the face of adversity, Jesus loved, Jesus prayed, he worshiped, he applied scripture, he sought peace. You know, Jesus was preparing us and giving us and at the time the disciples an example as to how you and I should face opposition. In the middle of the hardest time, of his life, right before he was going to be crucified. He went and he had time with God. He was in so much pain and he said, I need to reach out to God. Matthew 26, 39 says that Jesus cried out, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Whatever it is that you're going through today, can I encourage you that that is what is causing you to draw closer to God? And as you do that, as you desire God's will to be done, even if it's not your preference It will be so worth it. Sadly, we are not exempt from suffering. We're not exempt from trials. Difficulties are necessary in the development of our lives. The question is, how will you face the adversity that you are going through? Will you give up? Will you wallow in your pain and in doubt? Or will you pray? Will you love on someone? Will you be there for someone? Will you trust that Jesus is working? Can I encourage you that affliction, difficulty is the biggest sign that something good is about to come into your life. Jesus' greatest time of affliction was also a confirmation that he was about to die and to be resurrected. Jesus knew that after the pain, resurrection would come. He had to die in order to resurrect. There are some things in your life today that need to die in order for the new things to come to pass? What in your life needs to die in order for God to resurrect the new thing? And as I call the band up here, I want to ask you this question. And I want you to think about it. I want you to ponder I want you to really ask yourself, what has to die in me? Maybe it's anger, maybe it's grief, maybe it's feeling inadequate, maybe you are feeling like you are not worth it, you are not enough. Maybe there's a loss of relationship that you experience and it's so hard for you to let it go. What has to die in order for God to resurrect the new thing? Doubt has to die in order for hope to resurrect. A double lifestyle has to die in order for you to discover who you truly are in God. Because what does it help that you come and you play the part here on a Sunday morning, but you go out on Monday back to your old habits, intentionally not changing anything. The double lifestyle has to die in order for you to rise up to be who God called you to be. There's clutter in your mind, feelings and thoughts that have convinced you to quit, to give up, to settle for something other than our best. All of that needs to die in order for the new to come about. There are dreams on the inside of you. But you have believed and you have been convinced that they are impossible to achieve. Did you know that dreams do not die? What usually happens is that someone comes and kills a dream by making you question yourself, your abilities. Someone usually comes and kills a dream that is on the inside of you. And sadly, those people are the ones that are closest to us. Now is a time to give up and take a seat. Now is a time to dig deeper and take a stand. Stand up for yourself and begin to allow Jesus to resurrect the things that need to come about in your life. God has called you for such a time as this. He makes no mistakes. He knows that he can trust you. And that's why he has been preparing you through affliction, through change, through this need to just, I just need God. And we bypass it and God is hinting over and over and God is saying to you today, it's time for you to see the hints that I'm trying to give you. Because I have called you for greater things. I know you can do it. I know you can handle it. Yeah, you fell a couple of times, but I brought you back up. Yeah, you fell a couple of times, but it was so that you would know that I am the one that resurrected you again. Come on, can we all stand in the name of Jesus? And can you close your eyes for a couple of seconds? If you are going through a difficult time in your life right now, I want you to know that God gave me a word for you. I may not know you, I may not know your story, but God does. And what I love about God is that he is so powerful, all-knowing, yet he is so personal. And today, I really believe that what I'm about to read to you will be just a promise that you are going to need to hold on to during this season. And it's found in James 1, 2 through 4. And this is God saying to you today, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If I did not hit rock bottom in my life today, I wouldn't be here. If Jesus wouldn't have died on that cross, we wouldn't be here. If you hadn't gone through, or if you were not going through what you're going through, you would probably not be here. But today, God is saying, consider what you're going through. An opportunity for me to prepare you for that marriage. For me to prepare you for that business endeavor. For me to prepare you to become the parent I know you will be one day. For me to prepare you for the legacy that I will leave through your life. So God, today we thank you for your reckless love. We thank you, Jesus, that you came. You left the 99 in order to come for the one. And we are that
0: one. And today we thank you, Jesus. God oh, chases me down by tail of our you of 99. And I couldn't hurt it. And I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-empty, reckless love of God. Oh, they all will be never empty. Reckless love of God, oh, it chases me down. Fight till I'm found. Leaves the ninety nine, and I couldn't hurt it, and I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Holy, oh, overwhelming, never-ending, reckless
1: love of God. You know, I really, as um, I was praying last night, I really felt that God wanted me to pray for something very specific. And I'm going to pray for those of you in this place that maybe you're experiencing some sort of trauma. You have trauma from maybe somebody leaving you, trauma from being bullied, trauma from things you went through in childhood, any sort of trauma. Can we just close our eyes? I really felt specifically that God wants to heal you from trauma because there's thoughts that keep coming to your mind. You're not good enough. You're not going to make it. There's thoughts that want to come and invade you just when you're taking some steps of faith and the trauma thoughts come. There's trauma in relationships, friendships. People have betrayed you and you are traumatized. And today, God is lifting trauma out of our lives so that we can continue to live the life that He has called us. And so nobody is looking around. But if you're here in this room and you would say, Beatrice, I need trauma to die in my life so that the new things can resurrect. Can you lift your hand in this moment? thank you thank you thank you thank you god you see every hand in this place god you know the traumas we've gone through god from childhood to now god and i pray in the name of jesus that this trauma will no longer hinder what you want to do, God. I pray for healing over our body, over our mind, over our hearts. In the name of Jesus, trauma, you leave. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you, God, that now we have peace, we have joy, and when those thoughts try to come and trigger us, we will know that Jesus died on that cross, and he resurrected on the third day so that you and I could be lived free from trauma in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the new things that you are doing in our lives. We thank you for your reckless love that comes and chases after us overwhelm
0: me never ending reckless love of God oh it chases me down I'm found in 99 and I couldn't earn it and I don't deserve it still you give yourself away How oh, they overwhelm me Never ending reckless love of God.
1: Thank you, Jesus, for who you are in our lives. God, sometimes the preparation you want to give us seems hard, seems impossible, but today we embrace it. God, you know us more than anyone else, you know what we need, God. So we humble ourselves and we say, have your way in every single area of our lives. And before we end, I want to pray, you're here and you would say, man, I want to accept Jesus in my heart. I want to start fresh. I want a new life. Jesus died just for you. We're going to pray that prayer. If that's you, can you just lift your hand? And can we all pray this prayer together? Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I repent of my sins. I ask you to give me a new life in you. I declare that the old is gone and that the new is here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much. Love you guys. Have an incredible week. We'll see you next Sunday for Easter Sunday.
0: If you enjoyed today's message,
1: please subscribe, like, and share. It helps more than you know. Also, if you'd like to be a part of the Somos Church giving family, you can do so today by going to somoschurch.cc give. Thanks so much for joining us. We're praying for you and we hope you have an amazing day.